This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Hello and welcome to episode 608 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, October 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason, the father of a brand new child. Justin, welcome back. How's it going? It's going absolutely fantastically. Uh, uh, had a lot of great things happen. Baby and mom are doing really, really well. Great to uh, hear. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a, a really good week and... Uh, uh, I'm not like super tired yet because the baby's still like under hospital care. <laughs> yeah, because it's been uh, your um, the, the the mom of the child. I almost said your mom. Uh, <laughs> your wife and baby have been in the hospital, so you've been having to commute, which is its own kind of uh, grind. But you haven't had the the early mornings just yet. But I'm sure they're coming. So so strap in. This is not your first. Yeah, and I mean, it's been around the block. And for those who who you know have listened or, or followed me on social media, you know I'm awake like, all the time. Exactly. So uh, the sleep issue is not a big issue for me in terms of having a kid. I think a lot of yeah. people over overplay that. Try having my sleep schedule, and then like you're totally going to be ready to be a dad I'm, when, I'm like when I'm that set, comes around. Man. You know? I'm set, and I'll be like husband of the year, always getting up with the child because yeah, I'm already going to be up. Yeah, especially because you can just, you know, I, I played more PlayStation uh, <laughs> when I had my kid than I ever did. Like, that's um, all I did because I just get put the her baby in, like, Bjorn going. Yeah, get, or just jump put her on a little stream. rocker right in front of yeah. you and just, you know, move it with your foot and like play. And I mean, I was crushing it in Madden back in the day. This, I haven't played is, in like seven years, saying. but. This is this is where I'm at. So yeah, I mean, let's uh, the, the setup will be ready. But glad that everything's all right. Um, as I mentioned in the last episode, people who listened, they know it ended abruptly because you guys had to go. It was game time, a little bit ahead of schedule, but uh, it's been nothing but good news since. So that's that's great to hear. And we're back to talk some baseball. And today we're gonna talk about some disappointments because uh, you've had enough good in your week. Let's <laughs> let's talk about some disappointment. Basically, what we're going to talk about today is is the young players that we're still waiting on and that we still have some reasons to buy in on, um, but they have not panned out. And, and it's not necessarily do or die in 2019 with all of these guys, but it certainly is with some of them in terms of still believing that they have a particular level of hype. There are going to be some names on here that you're not surprised by, but some others that we haven't really talked about. So we have a pretty big list. Let's just dive right into it. And let's talk about a guy that 
I was in on this year and I got wrong because it was between he and his teammate and they were really close together. And this is Ian Happ and he was really close to Javier Baez and people kind of made their pick of which one they wanted to go to because they were seen as, as darn near equals. And I went the Happ route. And that explains that in a in a nutshell. That's a microcosm of my fantasy season this year, <laughs> where and I didn't I didn't do that well. I didn't win any leagues. I had a few caches, but that was it. It was not a, a banner year. And uh, you know, little decisions like that when you've got two guys that you kind of see similarly. One becomes an MVP candidate. One is more or less a flame out in Hap. Uh, you know, he played all year. It wasn't the end of the world. He was about a league. Average hitter, 233, 353, 408, 15 homers, 8 steals. Certainly didn't pan out. Again, not in a do-or-die scenario. He was quite fantastic in 2017. But we're waiting on that big breakout. Can he do it at age 24? What are your expectations for Hap? Is this back to the well with him or pulling back on Hap? Mm, It's hard because there's some things I – look at and I go, wow, I mean, like he really didn't swing a lot outside of the zone. Uh, the, the contact rate really decreased. And I mean, he lost a it lot. It's already of play- bad, by the way. Yeah. And he lost a lot of playing time uh, because of the strikeout rate and because the Cubs were competing. I just worry in a stack system like the Cubs that he doesn't get enough chances, mm-hmm. especially with Madden as the manager there. He's been known to do some things. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows how long Brett uh, Zobrist is going to play, but... Ben Zobrist. Oh, Did you say Brett yeah, Zobrist? Yeah, I said Brett Zobrist. Wow, maybe I'm, like... I am, I'm more tired than I thought I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but no, you're right. And, and Zobrist, by the way, had a pretty strong season, so it made it easier uh, along with, with the, obviously, MVP emergence of Baez, you, you combine the fact that Zobrist had a little bit of rejuvenation himself with a 305, 378, 440 season mm-hmm. to go away from Hat more often. Albert Almora had some some bouts of, of doing well with the bat, too. I don't think his bottom line ended up that well, but they had options even as a Chris Bryant wasn't quite performing to his level. Uh, and, and you know, Addison Russell had his off-the-field situation, uh, and he wasn't good on the field. They're just a lost year for him. He needs to get his life right before he worries about anything baseball-wise. So despite some uh, failures around the team, they had options, which made it easier to kind of cut into half playing time. That's why he had 462 plate appearances despite – playing almost 30 more games than he did last year, he only wound up with 40, uh, 50 more plate appearances. Did happen. Yeah, and, and like the underlying numbers, especially like in the stat cast department, aren't great. Exit velocity went up, but that's about it. Like, uh, X uh, batting average, 209. X slugging, 390. Oof, that's, that's the tough one right there. Like, I mean, especially he, as... Go ahead, sorry. He deserved this, these struggles. So, I mean, it wasn't yeah. like he got unlucky... Uh, he struck out a ton. Uh, you, you almost wonder if a guy like this would just benefit from uh, just more time in the minor leagues. Maybe just get down mm-hmm. there and, and, the and the really hone the skills. Yeah, I mean, it's not out of the question. Now, I think it would take a slow start for it to happen. I don't know that he would start there outright. 
but he didn't spend much time in AAA. Ian Happ spent 26 games there, and he was so good. Then he came up. He did really well in 2017, and it, that's why it looked kind of ready-made. And the reason, you know, with Baez, it was like, okay, he skipped a step in the Baez development level, and and that's why, you know, folks like myself were so keen on Ian Happ. But it just didn't work out last year, and now we're left in a situation where it's like, hmm. Uh, is this who we thought he was? You know, is there is there going to be more development? I am kind of sticking with him. I'm not I'm not running away completely because I do think that the price will come down too. That's ADP obviously ADP of one seventy six in the two early mocks. Now that's almost a one hundred pick dip there. It's it's about an eighty ninety pick dip, and good uh, is deserved. I, I want to see a, a corresponding drop there because sometimes you get guys like this where the market stays completely in on them. And I think there were enough flaws in Hap's game that the, that the market peeled back. By the way, uh, there was probably no bigger confirmation bias either because I think that they were kind of the first game to kick off. And, you know, a bunch started at 12, but they were they threw the first pitch. He hit the first pitch of the season, I believe, out for a home. It was definitely first at bat. I don't know if it was, it was the exact. Fir- yeah, I believe it was the first pitch as well. And uh, you know that, it, oh, this is why I took him. Oh, man. Like, it's so hard not to do that stupid stupid thing uh, i and bought I see- that rotoware shirt <laughs> have you seen that rotoware shirt no what does it say it's a confirmation bias uh oh it, i did it, see that a hell of a drug yes um uh, i bought that <laughs> i love it <laughs> wearing I, I, it around it's it's i should have worn it right to you. work the other night because it does talk <laughs> about drugs and i work in a, yeah. a drug <laughs> detox uh so that was kind of a mistake but no one really noticed uh uh, but it, it's a fantastic shirt, and he, he's he his ADP is like right in an interesting trio. Ian Happ one seventy six, one seventy six point three Chris Taylor, ooh, and one seventy seven point nine Miguel Cabrera. Wow! So you've got the young, the the kind of middle aged who who was solid in his. Rebounding, you know, he, uh, Chris Taylor fell back, but he wasn't he wasn't garbage. And then you have the hobbling vet, who you know can obviously be a superstar uh, when he's healthy. But what kind of health are we going to get? That is an interesting trio. You're right. Uh, of those three, who do you like best? Taylor. Yeah, I think I do too. I, I was in on Taylor this year. Again, he did peel back. I thought that the speed was going to be there more than the power, and it turned out that that it was the power. But the bottom line that I got. Uh, I was fine with, uh, you know, again, it, it didn't go quite to the level that I was expecting. I was hoping he'd hold more of the gains from last year, but uh, 17 homers, nine steals, 254, 331, 444. Mm, it was fine. It all changed depending on what the Dodgers do in the offseason. I mean, obviously Manny Machado uh, will likely not be there. Yeah. They could make a bunch of moves. This seems like an offseason they could get really active in. Uh, they could trade away a bunch of guys. You know, does does Max Muncy still uh, have a, a, a everyday role next season? I mean, there's a certainly ton of should. Different... You would think, but I mean, there's he wasn't great in the second half. So, uh, you, true. Whether or not you want to use that as confirmation bias for the all uh, the home run derby, uh, <laughs> I think is a, is a is a dumb question. But yeah, yeah everybody I mean, seems you... to want to do it. No, nobody wants to talk about. Uh, Bryce Harper <laughs> was amazing in the second half. Yeah, hit like three ten. Wasn't it? Uh, I think it was Reese Hoskins or somebody. Maybe he wasn't in it. Somebody else who was in it said that it helped them. Like literally came out and said, "Oh no, it, it helped me get my 
Harper. It was Harper. Okay. Yeah, Harper, Harper yeah. said he's like, the, the home run derby fixed my swing. And I, yeah. he, I believe so, he hit 300 in the second half. The bottom line is that it can go it, – it isn't one way or the other. It's just when people say that it, it's going to hurt you is when I really push back. It can hurt some guys. You can find some cases of guys saying, yeah, I got into this loft swing and it was bad. I shouldn't have done the home run derby. I'm not saying nobody's ever had issues after it. It's that don't I don't want my fantasy guys in there because it's a, it's a season ruiner. That's just not true. That's just patently false. And uh, shouldn't usually be. you get a ton of guys who are overperforming in the first half in it. That's, That's the thing too. That it's simple regression most of the time. It's not that it's not that the home run derby itself did anything. But anyway, that's a discussion for another time. So Ian Happ, I think we're you know all oh, right fine. on where he is yeah. right now. Yeah, I'm glad that the price came down. I think it was the um, an appropriate dip, and uh, and I'll be buying back in. I At think, least in a couple of weeks next year. I think Ian Happ and I mean virtually all these guys on this list. There might be a few exceptions here and there, but for the most part, I'm going to be willing to buy back on uh, on them because of the price dip. I also think this highlights you know, the kind of flies a little bit in the face of what we talk about or what we hear about a lot in the industry in terms of young players. Everybody wants the next young player. And mm-hmm. here's a huge list of guys we're going to be talking about that a lot of people in the industry were super high on. And if you bought in on them, you probably didn't fare as well. Um, and so for every, you know, Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto, we have the Ian Haps and the Nomar Mazzaras and, and the Byron Buxton. So. And Mazzara is our next guy. And I definitely want to talk about him because he's somebody I've definitely uh, been buying in on, waiting for that big breakout. He is still just going to be 24 next year, and he has three full seasons under his belt. I do like that. I like a guy with 1,720 career players appearances under his belt before age 24 but he wound up with his third straight 20 homer season is this the new chris davis thing with his 247 average he's going to hit 20 homers every year uh i'm not in for that by the way but this time it was in 20 fewer games and it was looking like those of us who who loved him and and bought in we were going to get our breakout because in the first half he had 15 homers and a 282 average things were going well for nomar mazara so that obviously leaves just five homers for the second half with a 215 average a a sprained thumb that cost him some time as well nearly a month in uh right right after the all-star break actually from from july 20th to august 16th and it ended up being basically a carbon copy of 2018 again despite uh despite the the playing time pace is suggesting that it was going to be that breakout year all we got was 20 and 77 with 61 runs scored 258 average not too different than his 2101 64 uh runs and 253 average from last year so obviously the rbis went down with the fewer games but what do we think about nomar mazara now going into age 24 it's interesting because my big aversion to Mazzara coming into the season was his struggles against left-handed pitching. Yeah. And it, it, he was better. So let's start out by saying he hit for more power against lefties. I think he had a, a total of two combined home runs coming into the season against left-handed pitchers, and I think hit five this year, five of his 20. So that that's an improvement. His average was higher. Uh, and actually, I mean, his September, if you look, he got 34 uh, plate appearances versus left-handed pitching uh, and hit 265. So, oh. like, that seems 
all good. Uh, we know there's power in the bat. We're just kind of waiting to see it develop a little. I think I'm in on no more Mazzara for next year. I am too. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I think the the, the thumb he finished the season on the field. Um, always like that. You know, if a guy has a second half injury, I'm just hoping that they they finish the season playing. He did. He returned from it uh, in mid August. Finished with a month and a half. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, it was actually quite bad. But he did hit those those five homers. After that, I still. I still see a guy that can develop here, and I think he can combine the power uh, that we saw in the first half. And he hit, like I said, he hit 285 in that first half with Nomar Mazzara. If he's just solid against lefties, as, as he were, was for times last year, a career best performance against lefties with some righty destruction, I think we can get something of a 275, 280 average with pop. So I'm going to be bought in for sure. Uh, I'm just I'm not going to quit him because I do think that the market's starting to move a little bit down on Mazzara. Uh, I'm trying to look him up in the 143.980. I'll pay that. That's I'll actually that. higher than I. Th- I figured he'd be lower than Hap. Uh, I guess I mean he, he did have you know a better year, so I shouldn't be. Surprised. I will say this: our friend Tim McLo- uh, Tim McLeod, uh, uh was the high man on him at 106 or at 98. At 98. Wow. I saw that. That I wouldn't do. I'm not. I'm not paying top 100 because I just don't. Tim think Tim likes his young guys, though. Tim is, you know, he's a prospect dude. He's he does the prospects uh, 361 podcast with mm-hmm. uh, with Rich Wilson and. Um, but man, I, I I was hoping for a bigger discount because he here's here's part of my problem. Would you rather have him or David Dahl? I was just about to say that that was the one that stood out to me. Like, uh, no, David Dahl for sure. Although I will say. Uh, of the you know looking over the ADPs, there's no universe where David Dahl is staying 148. No, no, it's just not. In fact, if you reran them right now, just just a month after they finished up, he's he's already going to be going higher. I would say so. To that end, you're right though on Mazzara. There's no discount. He was 149 in the NFBC last year. That's a little bit surprising. I think people are seeing that first half, giving him a bit of a pass on the second half with the thumb injury for Mazzara, and saying this is still a guy we like. Uh, basic, just about a he's a guy that loses steam uh, and is a dropper. You know, you talk about. Uh, Dahl being a guy that is going to be a riser as we start getting towards draft season. I wonder if Mazar becomes one of the guys that drops down the list as people look into second half splits uh, and, and people who struggled in the second half. And get excited about others, too. I mean, he went in as late as 209, so that's, that is that uh, is a pretty decent split. And if he if he was in the two you know around pick two hundred area, I'd be all over it. One forty three. I just don't feel like I'm getting the You're not getting any discount. Yeah, I, I mean, think I, I could still pay it, but I am surprised that there's not with the literally guys no going discount. By, Billy Hamilton's going fifteen Stop picks later. Taking Billy Hamilton. I'm sorry, but a guy who can win you single handedly win you the steals category in the 10th round or 11th round of your draft. While destroying the rest of your team. You just have to plan around it. Such a bad player. His inability to hit is comical. He sucks. We're going to have some bets on Billy Hamilton next year. I'm just saying. Great. I'll just take your money and take your kids' college fund. No big deal. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of annoying players uh, who people still want to believe, 
believe on. Uh, obviously, Byron <laughs> Buxton had to be on this list. Uh, an utter disaster of a season. I believe he was a top 100 guy last year. Uh, yeah, top 50 guy. Excuse me. Hilarious. Uh, he was ADP of 48 last year. Byron Buxton was. He didn't even play 48 games. He played 28. Um, nightmare season. I mean, I, I've been pushing further and further away, you know, each year seemingly. So I'm certainly not uh, not looking to buy back in right now. I don't know what it is. Usually, I can see the see the value in in, in guys like this and, and kind of stay the course with them. But for some reason, with Buxton, it's just it's just not there for me. You just want uh, to troll Chris Liss. That's well, that, that's definitely part of it too, because he continues to believe he has the same ceiling, and I just don't know what he's seen in a thousand seventy four plate appearances that he makes does, him though. like that. In Chris's defense, like, like there is like, a huge ceiling, but I think we have to start talking more about the potential that he ever gets close to it. Melvin Upton, exactly. He's Melvin Upton. But Melvin Upton uh-huh. put together a number of really good fantasy seasons when he was BJ Upton. But but never near top 50 pick. And and obviously that's not what Buxton's going to cost now. Uh, he's down at 164, which is nice. But eh, I'm just I'm just not that that sold on Melvin on Buxton. Upton had- two 2030 seasons yep and he had some 43 straight 40 steel seasons 44 42 42 good stuff there eh. but but uh, but at one like okay that was back you know the the I don't know that you could just say as an analog that that Buxton would do the exact same though because now 40 steals is leading the league is Buxton going to lead the league? I don't think he's going to put up an OBP worthy of that because that was something that that Upton could do at times. In fact, had 97 walks the first year he did that. He had 383 OBP uh, as OBP started to dwindle. In fact, the those the year that year and the year before he was in the 380s and then never sniffed uh, was over 330 just once after that 331. Yeah, he was a double digit walk guy most of his good years. So can can Buxton put up an an OBP worthy of getting to thirty plus deals? I mean, he's super efficient. Forty six for fifty one is fantastic on the bases in his career, and twenty eight homers. Like, I I see why people like him. I just don't see why they continue to draft him so high. One sixty four, uh, a lot more doable. But the 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 min pick of well, the auto min pick was 126. The min pick where somebody actually made a pick was 130. I'm not I'm not paying that. I'm I'm more on the ADP or later for Buxton, but how do you feel? Yeah, I think you have to be getting this kind of discount. Like 175 for me seems fair. Uh, I love the potential because he is such an elite defensive player. Uh, like if he was playing on the Reds, he'd be playing every day still. <laughs> <laughs> he and Billy Hamilton, and yeah. I do like you, you. You know, I like that profile of of mm-hmm. elite defense guaranteeing your playing spot. But his offense, but it was didn't so this year. Bad that yeah. like, they couldn't. Uh, and I think that is a really good sign into the look of an organization that they, even if the defense is stellar, they're not going to continue to run you out there if you're if you're hurting them overall so 
Uh, though, I mean, shockingly, oh, I guess he only only had, he only played twenty eight games in the majors. It's like, wow, his WAR is barely negative. And, you know, no, it's, it's only because he, he played just didn't games. play. Now there were some injuries. It's not like he had a full mm-hmm. season in the minors. In fact, uh, he only played thirty six games in the minors. So it was a lost season for Buxton. And you know, I acknowledge but that he, he had still some... struck out almost thirty percent of the time in AAA. Like that that's to what me I don't is, get. Like it, I. It, I want to see him do what he kind of did in like 2017. Well, I guess he wasn't in the minors for very long, 2017. But you know, he went back and and only struck out 23 percent of the time. Okay, I can deal with that. Like, show some improvement somewhere. He has yet to do that. They're gonna be suckers for him again. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's gonna he could be, be a riser as well. By the way, yeah, and I don't think it'll be me if he, if he rises any. Uh, I'll be out. There there are other guys on this list that I uh, that I think I'll have more shares of next year. Let's talk about Yoel Moncada. We have uh, talked about him a bit in the offseason in the context of when we talked about Tim Anderson. Um, we just kind of paired them together and, and discussed them a little bit. But let's give our, our, our quick thoughts here. Did put up 17 homers, 12 steals. Um, you know, has a, is a double-digit walk guy, uh, 13% last year, 10% this past year. But he's a big strikeout guy. He strikes out a third of the time, and that just puts such a burden on on him to perform in the other two thirds of the of his plate appearances. To where batting average, even with a good three twenty five BABIP last year, three forty four this year, he still only hit two thirty five. And I like the power speed. He's going to just be twenty four. I I don't know. I think we might be getting in some Buxton territory though, where with this with the swing and miss we're just not going to see the batting average along with the power speed and it's going to just be kind of a a, a, a damaging power speed combo what do you think of yo mancada hmm. i'm i'm torn on it well i i think considering where he's going i'm probably out on him where's he going right now he's going like pick 140 Oh man! And that just is that even again, a discount? I don't think it is. I think if it oh, it's is, a ten pick yeah, discount, I was say, yeah, a ten or twenty picks. So, I, you're going. He's going with guys Elvis Andrews, uh, Jonathan Scope, uh, or, or the two ahead of him, Ahmed Rosario going behind him. Uh, so there, I mean, a lot in, in the area of a lot of middle infielders, anyways, uh, and ones that feel a little bit more stable. And mm-hmm. this is typically the profile of guys that I kind of like, like, Hey, screw batting average. Just get me some home runs and stolen bases. And I'll, sure. you know, I'll punt batting average. I'll figure it out. The swing and miss is just so great. And I know he walks, which definitely helps offset it, especially if you're on base percentage leagues. Uh, I just, there, there's no improvement. And that's what I want to see from a young guy. I want to see him work on the contact and, and get it up because he could be a very dangerous player. And if, you know, if he has a Javi Baez type breakout next year, I'm not going to be surprised. There's pedigree. We've seen the talent. That being said, there isn't enough power and speed. Like if maybe if he was like 30-10 or, or 10-30, I'd be more yeah. interested. The, I mean, the, what's the difference between him and Marcus Simeon, who I'm sure is going 50 picks later? At least 50 picks later, right? And I would rather have Sim- Simeon's going at 196. Okay, yes, there you go. So. so, yeah, I mean, sign me up for that. And I think we could come up with several other guys mm-hmm. if we look through the ADP who are going a good bit later. 
that we'd rather have. So I just can't do do it with Moncada here at this cost because I'm I'm paying almost full price it seems for a guy that hasn't shown me anything to believe that that breakout's coming. It could, but I'm already paying for it and I just don't want to. So he's somebody I'm probably going to avoid next year. You know, Moncada he, just he, just can't do it. His ex batting average was in the bottom 1% of the league. Oh my gosh. Like that's so uh, it's just so bad. X batting average. That's that's terrible. So he's putting up the speed is saving his batting average and he hit 235. Like <laughs> you're getting saved for 235. So we'll see if we can find some development here uh but it'll be one that'll uh end up on other people's teams if he does break out because I just I'm not going to pay that price. Uh let's talk about Lewis Brinson. He, he came in with a with a spot. He was in the Christian Yelich deal, so he goes out to Miami. He's got a spot in tow. People thinking 24-year-old, ready to go. The volume alone should be you know, worth a pick, and it wasn't. He was a nightmare. He had a really, really tough season, 199, 240, 338. Uh, there were call-ups. Uh, there were demotions and, and recalls, 11 homers. Just two steals, too. And no, uh, the speed just wasn't there. He does have speed. I mean, he is supposed to be a speed guy, and it just wasn't there. Of course, you would have to get on base to steal. That is like the key factor of being able to steal. I mean, Billy Hamilton disagrees, but. True. But at least he gets, I mean, 240 obp like that is impossibly bad so a disastrous season and in, in the rookie campaign for brinson it's going to be 25 next year again should have a clear path to playing time though because why wouldn't miami give him you know you're talking about Just a guy with him out there yeah 461 career plate appearances it's not time to give up i i acknowledge that uh for the marlins but what about in the fantasy realm is he somebody that you're going to take a shot on lewis brinson yes because the price is going to be nothing. It literally was nothing in the early months. He didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted in a single league. Now, some of the leagues didn't get as far as others, but sure. two of them almost finished. Several, yeah. Like, uh, mine almost mm-hmm. completed. And, I think they were, like, three you know, rounds left. Yeah, one of, my, one of mine, I think, was in the last round or something. Uh, so, uh, I... The fact that he is going to be going outside of the top 300 more than likely means there's no price attached to it. Uh, and I think people forget, like, this is a guy who has elite skills. This is first-round talent-type skills. This was Yon Moncada, or not Yon Moncada, uh, uh, Ronald Acuna before Ronald Acuna. So, it was it was big time prospect. Yeah, Lewis Brinson no. was. I mean, he drew he drew Christian Yelich. Like that mm-hmm. was the thing. They didn't want Domingo Santana. They held out for Brinson. Yeah, exactly. So, I uh, I'm going to continue to buy back in. I think this is the time if you're in dynasty leagues to go check and see. He's only 24 years old. Um, will be 25 in in May. So I mean, he's still super young. Uh, as you always say, prospect growth isn't linear. Uh, there's all the tools for him to be a fantastic player. He's never going to hit for high average. You're just going to have to get yeah, over that. Yeah, that's fine. He's but a swing and miss guy. If dude can hit 250, 260, he's going to be a monster. Uh, that's a swing and miss I'll pay for, though, because it, it, it doesn't cost anything. Like I was really surprised to see that he didn't go in any of the two early mocks. Nobody taking a shot. Um, yeah, I just I think the peak on his cost is going to be like 250 for Lewis Brinson. So uh, I'm in. I will I will take a gamble here. He's a 
the kind of reserve pick you want to take a shot on because the development could come quickly um, because it doesn't even need to fully develop to be worth his reserve pick either. He could go and put up Yo Mankata's last year and still be worth a reserve pick because they'll have bouts of, of quality work. So Lewis Brinson, we're both going to take a shot, especially at that price. Let's move on to a guy that had a lot of fanfare coming into the year and then gets signed before he comes up and only amplifies that. Scott Kingery signed a six-year, $24 million deal um, before the season started, and that's like, oh, boy, this is green light on the playing time. Everyone was so excited about what he was doing in the minors uh, the last two years. Boom, boom, boom. Let's jump in on this. 26 homers, 29 stolen bases in 2017. Huge breakout season across double and triple A, 304, 359, 530. Let's buy. He's going to be 24. He's kind of more of a fully formed guy. They signed him, and it was a bit of a flop. 226, 267, 338, eight homers, 10 steals, and 484 plate appearances for Kingery. Now, is he somebody you go back to the well with? I think so. Uh, He's got an ADP of 240, pretty much 239.4. Went as early as 171. Uh, and then didn't go in some of the drafts, obviously that that didn't finish. So, uh, it, I think the ADP is fair. Uh, I think he yeah. will get a chance to play full time uh, next season. And I mean, he's he's shown you know power. He's shown speed. I don't think he has. I, I think some people really looked at what he did in 2017 in Double A and went, "Oh man, this guy has real power." He had 18 home runs in 69 games. And I think that nice. was foolhardy. I think this is a 15 home run hitter, but with legit, you know, 20, 25 stolen base potential. And I think yes. he got unlucky uh, on balls in play. Uh, and I think that correcting itself will get him to a respectable batting average. And he's shown a better hit tool in the minor leagues uh, than he than he has in the major leagues. I think he, I think he's one of those guys that just wanted to swing his way out of slumping and, and help his team who was trying to compete for a playoff spot and mm-hmm. uh, kind of lost his, his eye. I think a spring training will help fix that. And this is a guy that can hit 270, 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases. That's pretty valuable for pick 240. Yep, I agree. Scott Kingery is definitely somebody I'll take a shot on at that price. Uh, the market certainly hasn't overreacted um and and you know driven his price up or anything like that i think there there's been a tempered reaction and even if it boosts up a little bit from where it's at would you say he's at 240 for scott kingery mm-hmm. yeah i mean even if it was it, it, as long as it's, it starts with the two I, I, i'm fine with it and so i can definitely see myself taking scott kingery there with a uh, pick outside of uh, pick 200 so let's move on and talk about a, a playoff star who might be adding to his draft stock just a little bit i don't think that uh, every time every year there's one of these guys <laughs> yep. where i go okay this is my guy this is my you know buyback guy uh, don't do anything in the playoffs so just and then they this. And go then, crazy yeah because I, I was huge on orlando arcia and that would be yes orlando arcia <sighs> uh has doubled his his uh, season home run total. He needed 366 plate appearances to pop just three homers uh, this year. In the regular season, he's already done that. In 27 
playoff plate appearances for the Brewers. If they, you know, can can come back against the Dodgers, go into the World Series, and he keeps going, that will certainly boost his price up a bit. But I don't think it's going to uh, go crazy. Like Burnson, he didn't go in any of the two early mocks. Middle infield uh, certainly has a, a measure of depth to it. Uh, to where somebody like Orlando Arcia can kind of fall off the radar. He had 15 homers and 14 stolen bases last year, though. So there was some real excitement around him. I thought it was uh, justified. I was I was part of that. I was interested. And it didn't come to fruition this year. But he's going to be a, uh, age 24 season next year. I'm I'm buying back in for sure. The price is, is nothing. Why not? Why wouldn't I take a shot here? So I assume you are as well. Yeah, the price is gonna be something after these playoffs. But yeah, he will he will be going at least. Uh, but I I don't think he's going to be going like inside the top two hundred, top maybe even top fifty. So yeah. yeah, I'm definitely gonna buy back in. I was a big fan of his coming into the season. This is one of the guys that unfortunately uh, just did not pan out for me and Again, back to the thing that you always say, which is prospect growth isn't linear. He struggled. This was a team trying to compete, and they said, sorry, dude, we're, we're, we're going to send you down, and then at the trade deadline, we're going to trade for as many second basemen and try to play them at shortstop as we can. Yep. Uh, they, they, they looked for solutions elsewhere, and it, it didn't include uh, Arcia this year, and it, and it really couldn't. One of the things that I did like because I thought his defense was going to give him a, a longer leash, and it probably did. I mean, he just still got 366 That's play appearances. That's why he's getting chances in the postseason is because his exactly. defense is so good. And and so despite that terrible year, he still did get a, a legitimate chance. He wasn't even sent down. I mean, he was with the team through June playing regularly and even doing worse than his bottom line. But when he did return in late July – he finished strong, too. I like that with Arcia. And, of course, we're seeing an, an even bigger flourish here in the playoffs. So he's an easy buy. His pick number will start with two. And and so I, I'm back in as well on Orlando Arcia. Uh, let's move over to a guy that I really did like coming into this year quite a bit. And it just didn't quite get there. He has flawed skills. I understood that coming in. He popped 22 homers to Oscar Hernandez did. But uh, it it wasn't a great season. It was it was it was fine. It was middling. Uh, 239, 302, 468, triple slash with 22 homers, five steals, five out of ten though. Yikes! Don't run. Yeah, you, you don't know what you're doing. You're gonna have to figure that out. It's all Oscar. the Blue Jays. Who cares if you run? That's that's true. They, I guess they just didn't care. But uh, if He's going to have to improve if he wants to continue to run, though. You can't you can't go five of ten and, and get any sort of green light or even a yellow light at that point. Going to be age twenty six next year. Still has a lot of swing and miss. Actually, did improve from what we saw in the September standout back in twenty seventeen, which which generated some hype. Uh, he popped eight homers in just ninety five plate appearances, but struck out thirty eight percent of the time. Brought it down to thirty one, which is still not great, but I can live with that with like a 10% walk rate. He was at 8%. Uh, he's, he's right there, though. I would really... I, I'd, I'd, I'll take the 8% walk rate if I can get the strikeout rate down. I'd rather the strikeout rate be down than the walk rate go up, though. I don't want a 31% strikeout rate. But he does have the pop. At least we still saw a 229 ISO from Teoscar. Uh, what about him? Is he somebody that you'll find your way back in? in, in or, or were you even in on him coming into this year? I wasn't in on him coming into the year. I got in on him mid-season-ish. Okay. Uh, I, I look at the – he's a stat cast hero. Yes. So uh, – Ash is the ball. 
I don't have his stat cast numbers in front of me. I'll, I'll bring them up real quick because they're, they're super impressive. Uh, and so I bought in on that. Uh, but at the, I think I'm, did you say where he's going in the, uh, Oh, I've got two. two oh yeah. I'll be all over it. Yeah. Year. I just, I mean, I love the stat cast. He hits the ball super hard. Um, I know last time I checked, uh, he was like top five or top 10% like exit velocity in, in barrel percentage. Uh, I mean, he, he's a guy that continuously crushes. Uh, he definitely has a ton of swing and miss to his game, but that's acceptable uh, in uh, in today's era. And really, I mean, it's only, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's only 31.2% strikeout <laughs> rate, but in, 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 we're playing in a different era, people. So. Remember when that was disqualifying? Remember when like yeah. the 30%, like you were out, like no, nobody wants you on their fantasy mm-hmm. team at all. By the way, I took Teoscar. Um, pick two fifty four. So I'm I, right I there him, at the ADP I took him somewhere too. I, I By the way, I'm a fraud, dude. I'm a total fraud. You know who else I took? Hmm. Byron Buxton. Did you really? Where'd yeah. You, please say you were the high guy on him. There's no chance. There's okay. no chance. Uh, George Bissell exists. Um, what was his ADP again? Let me see. Let me see. For some reason, Google Docs being hella slow for me right it's now. It's because there's so Smata uh, puts so much information on. This. I know, it, and it's it, awesome. It, it is amazing. You can you can find uh, the actual doc. Uh, Smata has tweeted it out, or or ask me on Twitter and uh, or on Facebook, and I can send you the link. Uh, but I did put a smaller version of the ADP on okay. on FanGraph. So like, I'm the low guy, by the way. I was I was the only one who got Byron Buxton outside of pick 200, so that explains why I took him. He was just still there, and I'm like, okay, even I can get on board at 206. So I stand by it. What what a genius pick. Well, I, yeah, I want I want to take this team into a season. I kind of liked my two early mock ball club there, but um, yeah, Teoscar Hernandez pick 250 or you know again, it, it's going to be somebody where even with some off season hype. What's the highest he's really going to be? Two hundred. And I don't maybe? think he'll get a ton of offseason really hype because he's going to be on a really, really, really bad team. Yeah, the Blue not. Jays are going to be bad. They, they they fire Gibbons, right? Yes, he's gone. So I'll be interested to see who they hire in terms of the whole stolen base thing because that can really bump up his value if they do Certainly. let him run, or if they go, listen, you're you're not good at this. Let's j- j- just hit dingers. Um, then, uh, then that could be a problem for him. So, but ultimately, you're getting a guy that's going to hit 20 home runs, uh, super late in drafts. And so, if you if you focus on speed early, uh, he's one of those guys that'll be available late. That is still young. He just turned 26 a, a few days ago. Uh, that is that can help supplement the power late. So yeah, I'm gonna have a ton of shares of this guy. Teoscar Hernandez. Great first name, too. What a cool name, Teoscar. Uh, all right, this is a guy, the next one, who I was actually in on and, and thinking he was a worthy buy, but I was saved. People kept drafting him ahead of me. I didn't really get him anywhere. I think I might have gotten him in some mocks here and there, uh, but didn't really have many shares of of Manuel Margot. So the fact that he really didn't perform uh, didn't burn me. I, I got burned was, by other things. He was on my one of my NFBC squads that was like a complete dumpster fire team. Like every bad pick I made this year ended up on that NFBC team. And you probably loved it. It was like, oh my, oh, my I, yeah, I walked out of my going, hot picks. Oh my god, this is going. To to be amazing and uh i 
I I pride myself on being one of those people that like never finishes last in a league. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm not going to win every league that you know, and I play in 17 leagues every year. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to win every league. I mean, I, I only won one league this year. But I'm one of those guys, I try never to finish last, and there was nothing I could do with that team. Sometimes it, it just doesn't matter. The the injuries, the underperformances, you get a guy like Manny Margot, who you thought oh, was going to be a round speed draft guy. Old, and I could not fill half of my lineup with active players by the oh, end I of the lo- season. Oh, I love when that happens. And you're just like, you remember drafting it back in January? You're like, how the hell did this happen? Well, I can't draft, field yeah. a team. Yeah, of course. You're like, oh, this is going well, and I can't field a team now. It's just crazy. He went 11 for 21 on the bases. That is so bad. Uh, I just mentioned that Teoscar went 5 for 10. Similar, but I for some reason when it's double digits, it just makes it look so much worse when you're when you're 11 for 21. So brutal output there for, for Margot. Did pop eight homers, 245, 292, 384. So it was a bad slash line. Like it just nothing went right for him. Uh, a, a perfect prospect growth isn't linear type of guy because he was pretty solid in 2017. And we thought, hey, if he builds on that, I wasn't even – I, I wasn't projecting any power spike, to be honest. I was just looking for a repeat of the 13 homers, maybe a few more homers from my a volume standpoint, uh, but the pace could have been the same. I thought the speed was going to break out. I was looking for like a, a 1330 sort of deal. Instead, we got 811. So he's going to be 24 next year. Um, go and pick 222. So again, somebody outside pick 200 does make it easy to buy in. I th- although I will say three of the two early mocks did have them inside pick 185. So th- there is a portion of the market that is still ready to pay the over 200, you know, the inside the top 200. Are you part of that contingent with Manny Margot? I think I might be. I'm going to have to really dig in and kind of see. Uh, you know, this is a guy who not he he, he isn't necessary. He's not necessarily a good base dealer. Uh, so uh, I mean, he was caught seven times uh, out of twenty four attempts in two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was caught a bunch in the minors as well. But the Padres have let him steal. So if that if if I believe that's going to continue, then you know, unless I'm in a points league that gets points taken away for caught stealings. I think there's a real chance that we've got a guy who can steal 25, 30 bags here because of how fast he is, as long as he's on the field. And my biggest worry with him is what happens in San Diego next year in terms of playing time. Plays very good defense. It's not necessarily, I wouldn't call it elite, but it's it's very good. But they've got a lot of bodies in that outfit. They do. And how is he going to see... 500 600 plate appearances they gotta make some moves they get i mean they probably gotta trade will myers too he kind of muddies all of it up so they started using him at third base uh yeah you can get something i don't know if you can get what what they paid which was trey turner and joe ross whoops um but i think i think they can get something but you got renfro you got fran mil reyes who had a a, a little breakout half season i guess Um, that contract's not too prohibitive no, so I, I think they'll they'll figure something out. Is is Francisco Mejia? Will Myers left gets field. paid three million dollars next year. Well, yeah, you can flip and, that. And then, they, and then they bust up to twenty, twenty, twenty the following three years. Oh yeah, this is the this is the prime time to trade him. Yeah, so, except for he's coming off of a kind of a last year was the prime time to trade him. 
Well, yeah, as far as that goes, for sure. But you can still finagle somebody into saying, listen, yeah, you only played a half season, but you're playing, paying three mil to try to get the rebound, see where he's at, and then and don't look, don't look at the contract beyond that. Yeah. No, he actually could pretty good half season. Will Myers is the guy I'm going to buy back in on. He's a good player. I just he, He's just a good player. When he's, when he's on the field, he's usually doing good things. I mean, he was 13 for 14 on the bases. Maybe he can teach Margot a few things. So I do think Margot will find his playing time um, if, if he's performing to at least a league average level. I don't think he can repeat his, what, like, 85 uh, WRC plus again. But if he's performing to a, a reasonable level, I do think he gets playing time. And I'll be willing to take a shot because it's as long as it's outside the pick 200. If it does start to meander into that late 200s, I'll probably go elsewhere. Uh, let's go with another speedster here and talk about Delano DeShields because I remember when he got the center field job, his price rose like 100 picks. Oh, it was insane. It was bananas like you can't even use his his full draft season adp which was 168 as any sort of measure you look at that minimum and you see 76 you see the max of 379 that that isn't one of those um you know some idiot took him 76 that was he started this draft season without a role so he was going super late 180 something like that and then by the end of it he was going 100 he's a top 100 pick he was a top 100 pick and it did not pan out. He went 216, 310, 281. Gross. Two homers, 20 steals in 393 plate appearances. Uh, it was just a busted season for Delano DeShields. After some some things to build on last year uh, in 2017 when he hit six homers, 29 steals, 269, 347, 367 in 440 plate appearances. So he regressed basically across the board. I think there were some injuries involved, but it just – it just didn't go well, and I'm wondering, is it time to move on, or is this still somebody that uh, that you're going to stick with here? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a bit distracted because I was just bringing up the roster resource page for, for the Rangers, um, and they list something that I don't know. Can, oh, my God. Did, did Joey Gallo really play 13 games in center field? He did. He can. He can hang. Wow, I'm yeah. <laughs> I you can just, hang. I was all like looking at that. I'm like, wow, that seems insane to me. But um, I, I guess when you have uh, guys like Willie Calhoun that you have to put at DH and uh, and and Beltre and, and, and DeShields and failing, and, yeah, and DeShields failing, you have to. Uh, I mean, I, I've al- I've always said that DeShields is a fourth outfielder. He, he seems like a day of his Rajay Davis of his of popularity. Uh, a, a Gerard Dyson, a, a Rajay yes. Davis, uh, yes. which has a ton of value in fantasy. Like I think he's one of those guys that if he gets into one of those roles, then you can get him on the cheap and you'll get him pick, you know, 180, 200, a couple bucks in, in an AL only. He wasn't going in the two early mocks. Yeah, I he, think he next year once. you'll get a huge discount on him. You'll You'll get him for peanuts and – He'll deliver you 20 stolen bases or 25 stolen bases from a part-time position. I don't think he is a starter. And if he is a starter, that's when I start bowing out because the price goes up and that batting average hit that you get from him takes a huge toll on your team. Yep. So it, it all depends on where he's going but uh, and, and what his playing time situation looks like. You don't want him to like have – like I think what people are wanting that Malik Smith breakout – um, which would be great, but he's never. It's never going to come with the average. So, like, you don't want him to get that kind of playing time. You want him to 
get 200 plate appearances and steal you 30 bases. Yeah, I think I think the one thing I've always liked about Delandro Shields is he he has uh, solid plate skills. Like he understands uh, what what a ball and a strike are, and and can take some walks. And I've I've kind of felt that there's some latent power there too. Not nothing great. I mean, we're talking about a, a sub 100 ISO for his career, but somebody who could pop like eight to ten uh, if he really finds himself. But it, we haven't really seen that, so that's not something that would just be bonus. But I want to see the 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 steal potential. But I'm not paying, um, you know. I'm not. I'm not going to eat a 216 average for 20 steals. And so I agree with you that maybe a sporadic playing, you know, more sporadic playing time as a fourth outfielder type, being managed better um, and and put into better situations where you can maximize, you know, facing more lefties, yeah, stop, uh, facing stop, stop facing righties, it just fa- facing easier righties, you know, things like that, uh, pinch running situations, things like that for the shields. That's I, I agree with you there. A, a Gerard Dyson, uh, Rajay Davis is what we need. Again, price price to buy if you want to jump back in. Um, Truly atrocious uh, uh, stat cast numbers. Like, <laughs> just, does he even have a bat in his hands? Some would question. Exit velocity seventy nine point six is his average exit velocity. His launch angle is three point seven. Yeah, I think he. I think he doesn't use a bat. I think he uses his arm. He swings at the, he swings at the ball with his arm, and that's his hand generating a two sixteen batting average. So Delano Shields, easy buyback in if you if you want the speed. It's late speed. Um, not something I'm necessarily going to be targeting with him though, because there's going to be other late speed guys there, and you're just kind of picking your favorite. But I'm not completely running away. All right, next one is uh, a guy who's. Kind of a uh, Nomar Mazzara guy, which just just on the cusp, and every year seems to have some spurts of quality, uh, but ends up being just kind of a just just average guy. Uh, and that's Max Kepler. I think he's got like three straight seasons of around an, an eighty, or excuse me, a ninety-five-ish uh, to ninety-eight sort of WRC plus. Yeah, ninety-three, ninety-three, ninety-seven. So he's just like right there um, at about average. 17, 19, 20 homers did 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 reach 20 homers for the first time this year, but 224, 319, 408, uh, just wasn't quite there. And he's gotten two full seasons under his belt now. He, he played all year each of the last two seasons. He again, he had spurts. He got off to a hot start in April. Uh, people were starting to get excited. Tailed off a little bit in May. Was atrocious in June, and then uh, okay in the final three months. But it just never. Every time it gets going with Max Kepler, you start to see him pop up on waiver columns and things like that. He seems to come right back down to earth. How do you feel about the 26 year old and uh, next year? And is he somebody that you're interested in? Was fantasy kryptonite the thing that Matthew Barry would always say yes. when like a guy like you just can't give up you on just a can't guy? Can't quit him. Yes. Yeah, that, that's Matt, Max Kepler for me. I think uh, Eno too. Eno likes Kepler. Well, it's because he's German. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know has that like that kinship with him. Hundred uh, percent. I, you know, he makes he makes contact. He doesn't swing and miss outside of the zone. Uh, made made strides in in both those departments. A ninety two point two percent zone contact rate this year. Wow. Uh, I think he is. He's one of those. You and I were talking about this before we started. And he's one of those guys that uh, reminds me of Lorenzo Cain. And, and, and people who are listening are like, that's insane. His profile is not the same. Why are you talking about this? 
Uh, Lorenzo Cain didn't start playing baseball until he was, I think, like a senior in high school or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like he um, didn't make the basketball team or something. Yeah, Max Kepler grew up in Germany. He didn't start playing baseball until he was a lot older than than most people started playing baseball. And so he's still really young uh, in terms of his kind of baseball acumen. He's still learning the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And it eventually these raw skills are going to translate. And we saw a lot of the underlying skills translate this year. I think next year could be a year where um, Kepler is a guy that hits 30 home runs and steals 10 bases with like a 250 average, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, there's no price attached. Only two people took him in the early months. Oh, wow. Uh, That surprises me. And they... One was me, and the other one works for me over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Walter McMichael was the high pick on him at 256. I took him at 274. Uh, so I think uh, I, I think there's no price attached. I'm I really like it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of guys in this uh, 280 ADP, uh, or you know, around pick 280 that I'm gonna have lots of shares of next year. Hey, I mean, Jeff that's Samarja, gotta Max find those bargains. Kepler. In fact, I, by the way, I. I think um, it was Jeff Samarja who Walter McMichael took as the high pick. Michael Alexander was the high pick on Kepler, if I'm reading oh, the... And, well, another guy who works for me over Friends Fans. Well, there you go. There so you, go. So you, you made him. You made him take him. You said, yeah, you know exactly. what? exactly. You want to keep your job? Someone needs to take him before I... So I don't Before I stupid. do it again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well... I, again, I'm really surprised by this. I would have thought that he was kind of more in the 250 range. I thought more people would be bought in uh, on Kepler and, and kind people of giving him a shot. tired of waiting. And, I guess. And he's not, like, age-wise, he's not, like, young, young. I mean, he's true. He's going to be 26 days. next year. People, fi- you know, people go past that age 25 and they go, okay, this breakout's never coming. That's true. That's true. And they, they figure, well... We, we gave it a shot. We're done. Um, but no, I, I, I see reason to jump back in here and, and take a shot because it's been pretty average. And and so even if it doesn't pan out, you're paying uh, something outside of two, pick 250 for an average bat. Sure, I'll take a shot on that. And if the, if the breakout doesn't hit and I need to cut him in, you know, late April, early May for somebody who's on the more, uh, you know, hot streak sort of tip, then I'll, then I'll do that. I got no problem with that. All right, let's uh, stay in the AL Central. Another outfielder here. Bradley Zimmer was a guy that I know you loved coming into the year. He's somebody I like. He fits that profile of great defense. Should earn him playing time. Health was was uh, the situation this year, and he just simply wasn't healthy. And unfortunately, that kind of runs in the Zimmer family. His brother Kyle Zimmer's never really seen his uh, uh, career take off because of health concerns. And it was eventually a uh, bruised left rib that cost him some time on the DL. He had a sprained ankle. He had a shoulder injury. So just nagging injuries. There was only the one DL stint, but uh, those other nagging injuries, you never know how much those are playing a role. So he missed a lot of time. Uh, ended up only with 34 games in the majors and only eight in the minors. So there was just a lot of missed time this year. It wasn't good when Bradley Zimmer was playing 226, 281, 330, two homers, four steals. The numbers don't really matter. It's 34 games. It, it was a flop. But how do we feel about him going forward? Well, this is one of the ones you're going to have to really check in on uh, as we start getting closer and closer to the season. Had uh, – uh, shoulder surgery to repair a, a torn labrum um, in uh, in July. So eight to twelve month timetable puts him either most likely out to start to start of the season, but 
it could put him out as you know for half of the season. So we'll have to mm-hmm. see what what he's looking like as we start getting closer. Is he is he starting rehabs? Is uh, you know, does he look like he might be available in May? If he's looking like he's available in May, I'm going to be all over Bradley Zimmer. Power speed combo, yes, he's never going to hit for a high average, but he does walk. Um, this is a guy that, if you've listened to this podcast or any of the other podcasts that I've been on uh, for the last you know few years, you've heard me just talk about this guy nonstop. I watched him play in college because he played down the road for me, uh, and. Uh, have always uh, been a huge fan of his. As long as he's healthy, I'm going to buy back in. And, and again, maybe a fantasy kryptonite kind of situation. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm just such a huge fan of the raw talent. I really think he could be a superstar in this league. Plays elite defense again mm-hmm. that can help him stay on the field. So, uh, am I crazy yeah. on, on Bradley Zimmer? No, I don't think you are crazy. I, I, by the way, I look at a particular website that I use for injuries, and they're usually excellent. But for some reason, they didn't they didn't list the shoulder. Yeah, uh, I had as as this. the season ender yeah. because I was like, well, why didn't he play games? Like, where's the big DL stick? Into a wall. Yeah, and and that's part of the the great defense. It does put you at risk at times. And like you said, he's going to be out eight to twelve months on a shoulder surgery that he got on on July twenty first. So it's going to be one of those, um, say, fifty fifty round draft and hold sort of things that maybe you want to get him late and I you know, take a shot. I was the only one who took him in the two early months. Wow. So uh, yeah, not nine leagues, and I'm the only one who pulled the trigger on, on that one. So uh, I, you know, I I may. I was driving the Bradley Zimmer bandwagon, and I may be the only one on that train right now. There's um, only three wheels on it. Yes, and I'm okay so. with that. I I will I will take that off the cliff uh, if I have to. Yeah, again, with some health, uh, I'm into. I, I understand the excitement with uh, some pop, some really good speed, smart on the basis too. Another guy who's an Can't older prospect long. too, because yes. he's going to be 26 next month. Could see him having a good summer. You know, he comes back healthy. He does get going and then really sees uh, the price amp up in 2020, something like that. So, um, but yeah, 50 round draft and hold super deep league where, where you can hang on to a guy who's going to be hurt because he is going to miss some time to start the season. But Bradley Zimmer, not a bad one to mention there. Uh, All right, let's talk about Greg Bird because it's just like a, a meme now that the Yankees are obsessed with him and they're going to keep giving him chances. But then Luke Voigt emerged and they had to cut into Bird's time because he just hasn't performed. Now, he hasn't really performed since a, a little 46-game stint back in 2015. I think there was also a playoff run where he he did some damage. Was it last year? Um, you know, he's had, he's had a few spurts, but all told, we're looking at 659 point appearances. So basically, a full season 31 homers 97 ribbies you love that but 214 302 434 so the power's there for greg bird but so are the injuries and and the inability to consistently make contact and i don't know i think being a first baseman too you know it's luke Voigt, somebody that they keep around and and push bird off to the side a little bit uh, I mean, he's going to be free. You know, it's not like Luke Voigt's going to be getting paid anything. But how do you feel about Greg Bird next year as it relates to uh, to that Yankees first base job? Do they maybe move him to a spot where he can get, uh, you know, some more playing time? Or does he stick with the Yankees? Because I would want him in that park if I'm going to buy in on Greg Bird. But what do you, what do you think about his uh, 2019 outlook? That's an interesting thought that I hadn't really thought about that 
they could potentially move him somewhere uh, in a deal for a bigger guy. Like, here, here's a collection of prospects, and we'll throw mm-hmm. Greg Bird in there. Even you know, he's, he's major league ready for you know you teams like maybe the Padres or or, or the White Sox that uh, you know are almost. For a Bray, and in a Brayu deal where mm-hmm. it's you know Bird and a couple other prospects, something like that. I don't know. I was thinking uh, they're gonna. I mean, they're, they're the front runner to sign Machado. Uh, true, uh, but then uh, that moves Andahar over to first. Exactly, and that's, well, and that's Boy... exactly what I was thinking would happen. Yeah, so I, I agree there. Uh, so I think he's gonna have a hard time finding playing time unless he gets moved. I hate the. Uh, I hate the swing and miss. He's still boosted up by that big end of 2017 where he hit nine home runs in the regular season, then uh, three home runs in the playoffs in, in, in key in key spots. Uh, people forget that he hit 190 during the regular season stint and then 240 with a 31% strikeout rate in the playoffs. Like Just because he hit for power doesn't mean he's good. Everybody hits for power now. So can we stop That's with the thing. can we stop with this? Greg Bird is going to turn into this monster player. He, I mean, obviously he, he could. You know, if yeah, if but everything breaks so right, Luke Voigt, I guess, because Luke, look what he did. Luke Voigt has a longer track record. <laughs> he certainly does. His 161 plate appearances just this year uh, are more than than what we've seen out of Greg Bird. I mean, listen. I get I get the excitement to a degree, but I, I do think it's a bit overblown at this point. Now the price isn't it's two seventy one, so at least the market has come down on oh, Greg okay. Bird and, and isn't you know still jumping him up. Um, there was the people but, taking him around pick one hundred last year that I just didn't or coming into this season that I just didn't get. Like I, why? I guarantee why, you though, why are you doing that? if he gets a spot cooking. And uh, you know, it has a good spring. He'll start to escalate quite a bit, not back up to that level, but he'll probably start ends to push up, toward the top of the, the White Sox. Yeah, something like that. Which, oh, he's got all of this playing time. Everything's yeah, ready to work par- out. White Sox have a good home park. They're going to have talent around him with Eloy coming up and Mankata and Anderson. Yeah, I can see the narrative building. I, I will never be in on that narrative. Yeah, I, I really won't either. Um, if the price stays where it's at, two seventy one, you know, two fifty or later, I can see rostering him as a reserve pick for Greg Bird. But for the most part, I'm pretty much out and looking elsewhere. Uh, let me see some guys that he's around. Again, going to be twenty six next month. You know, I'd rather take Eric Thames, who's yeah. who's right around him. I know he's, he's significantly older, but I'd, I'd rather take Eric Thames. Michael Franco isn't too much higher than him. Domingo Santana's going after him. You know, some situations have to shake out for some of those guys, but for the most part, I'd rather take all of them over Bird. I'm mostly quitting on him unless, uh, you know, I find myself and it's just like, hey, he's a reserve pick. I'll take a shot. Ryan McMahon going way after him, too. Oh, and he could open up some playing time there. There there are going to be a lot of moves in uh, in Colorado as they sort things out, and somebody like a McMahon could finally get some playing time, and he could be really interesting. But uh, we'll we'll maybe do an episode on on, uh, younger guys who might – finally get a path to playing time uh by the way we didn't do pitchers here on purpose just because i think young pitchers haven't quite worked out we they... hate pitchers on this podcast <laughs> yeah we hate them <laughs> this uh, is I... not the fireside chat we're not talking pitchers it's usually just it's it's a different scenario for me i, I just feel like it's usually uh an injury situation 
uh, or the ones that are a little bit more obvious of, uh, you know, they have good underlying skills, but the results haven't been there. People still take them high. Like they're not afraid to like everyone looks at underlying skills now, strikeouts and walks and, and ground balls and all that sort of stuff. So it's not as hidden. I think with some of these hitters, you see the surface results. You have to dig into that second level, and you can really still find a lot of gems. So that's why this was hitter-focused. But I think we, we uncovered some nice nice players to get late in your drafts next year. Uh, some of these guys are definitely going to break out. Hopefully, we pick the right ones. And those of you listening who are going against us in league leagues, pick the wrong ones. That's right. I'm rooting against you. I need to win a league next year. This year was brutal. Justin, uh, that'll that'll do it for us today. Uh, but we will be back next week talking some more good stuff. Enjoy the uh, the rest of the LCS uh, NLCS this week. And who you got winning that, by the way, between Milwaukee and the Dodgers? Oh, I really want it to be the Brewers because you know, as a Giants fan, that I am. Yeah, you can't just, get on the Dodgers. I, I just can't. As much as, and I know I know people are really trying to villainize the Dodgers with Machado and, and Puig and, mm. and and guys like. Like it's a really fun collection of talent. I agree. And it's a pretty likable team. It's just going to be a very unlikable World Series for me cuz I don't want to see Boston win another World Series no. and who does? And I don't want the Dodgers in there uh either because if the Dodgers win a World Series then all the Do- the Dodger fans come after me on Twitter. It, well, you, well you won't deserved. get to hold over their heads. And I don't get to I... hold it over their heads. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the Brewers. I think the Dodgers win this, and then I think Boston beats them in the World Series. I, I, I know it's insane, and I guess it just makes me stupid, but... Do it. I, I, well, no, I'm just saying I totally underestimated a 108-win team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the I Red got, Sox? Yeah, I got so <laughs> locked in Everybody the did. bridge to Kimbrel that I was just not... I was not considering them, man. I discounted them so hard. And honestly, you know where they've really made up? Everyone knows their offense. I, I didn't disrespect their offense. I understood they had stars up and down the lineup. You know where they've really made hay? Obviously with the key hits, but uh, the defense has just been splendid. And we've seen the great plays, uh, but we've also seen uh, maybe the ones that aren't as standout just get made. They're not making errors. They're making the the the, the plays, the spectacular and the mundane. And the Plus defense has been really they've got fans on tight. their side. And... It's, I mean, credit to them. And you yeah. know what? It's, as, as much as I was going for Houston because they're local and, and Verlander, uh, I did love seeing David Price kind of get that playoff monkey off of his back with a hell of a, uh, uh, an outing. Yeah, what, what about playoff game. narratives? Kershaw and, uh, Both. and Price shoving? Uh, <laughs> in big big huge, huge uh, games. And it was nice. You know, between the two, I think the Price one had a little bit more uh, relevance in terms of he wasn't really showing that uh, that he could have consistent success like he, he was pretty good out of the bullpen last year price was but then two ugly starts uh this year to kind of go with everything else that we've seen the kershaw one needs to die uh, a, a a quick ugly death. i mean i love but, it because it's you because know, you're a dodgers hater yeah, but it, a it's, fan and it's, it's, it's such garbage it i mean you're talking mostly about most a, a, narratives are and we talk true. we talk about it all the time and i'm a big uh proponent of, of of blowing up narratives we've already talked about other narratives in this podcast with the home run derby uh, most mm-hmm. narratives are stupid people well they're lazy right they people yes. want to take the easy way out to say that this this happens because or, of this or and people it's... like a story my my, yeah. my brother-in-law is he's he's a sports fan but he's like your average joe sports fan so he's not watching games every day or anything like that and he loves 
the 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 tall tales and the and the stories the the ones that you see in movies and like he's all he's a huge Warriors fan and he he goes yeah, the Warriors have a, a tough season because uh, teams are always no, going to play up for them I'm like no I they mean, don't if you don't it doesn't you, matter if, if they you play think up, professional though. athletes like get up for big games and big like these guys are trying their hardest every day unless they're yeah. you know jerks and you know, there are well, it's jerks very and, rare but it's very rare that guys really mail it in yeah. like go look at um you know baltimore winning a walk-off game I'm, sh- I'm sure they had one i know they only won like 18 games i'm sure one of them was a walk-off i guarantee they celebrated their butts off and went crazy and it didn't mean anything but it, I, like that's always been the, the pushback for me when people pretend like the, the guys and teams don't try go look at the bottom feeders when they win a tough game in the ninth and they make a comeback and they go bananas it's because they're out there grinding man that you don't get to this level as as a, a slacker especially as a team you might see teams that just they don't have it they're they're not good and they so they can just keep getting beat it's not because everyone quits though you, you just rarely see that especially over an extended period of time so but yeah i'm, I'm happy to see both those guys kind of get that uh, uh monkey off their back so to speak so you're and, taking the dodgers to beat the brewers my brain kept going back to repeat Dodgers Astros and I kept trying to like finagle something cuter and that's why I went Brewers Astros. The Red Sox are the most underrated uh like one seed in, Great in yeah, like in, yeah, in the 100%, playoffs in, in a long time. Like I can't remember a team that was so dominant in the regular season that everybody just discounted. We were looking for reasons not to take them, and I, I honed in on the bullpen. I know the Chris Sale injury was a big reason for a lot of people to say, no, 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 they you know, they don't have their ace, so they're not getting his six, seven innings every time out. That's going to make the bullpen even shakier, you know, all that sort of stuff. And Kimbrell has actually been the shaky one. The bridge to him has actually been more stable. He's been the problem. I kept thinking it was going to be the bridge to him. He's been the freaking problem. Ryan Brazier having a heck of a playoff. So, yeah, I agree. They they are so underrated, and I foolishly was amazed major part of that just total doofus um well i think part of it too was the astros just look so that's the thing too from top to bottom they seemed like they had everything that you wanted in a team they Uh, looked even better than last year but i also picked oakland to beat boston so i can't just (laughs) i'm a stupid human being See, don't make those predictions. Like, just don't predict anything, and you can't be wrong. That's that's what yeah, I did I, this year. That's what I did with my bold predictions article. I just didn't write one, and now I'm not looking stupid for some of my predictions. Yeah, now you didn't. Now you didn't make any many errors there. So uh, that that's the way to go. But uh, hope you have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. 
How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. 